Benvenuti a Episodio 126, Episode 126. Welcome, everybody. Mi chiamo Kimberly Holcomb e io sono qui con il famoso e il favoloso Tommaso. That's a, quite the introduction. I was just going to say that's quite the introduction. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> I decided to combine both because this week I got an email inquiry from a woman who said, who addressed her email, Ciao, Kimberly, e Tommaso il famoso. It's like, what? <laughs> so there you go. I said, I told her that sometimes I switch between favoloso e famoso. Quindi. You also switch to some other things, but we're not going to go into those right now. I never do. All right. I'd like to thank some of our listeners who have heard me suggest multiple times to get in touch with me now. If you'd like my help planning a trip for 2024. And I have to say, it's been so easy for those people that did, especially the people with the trips in like September and October of next year. They have had their choice of all the accommodations that I've sent them in their price range. And it makes them so happy, like their top pick. And it makes me happy because... Because you're not pulling your hair out trying to fit them in at the last minute. No, correct. But they get the pick of the litter, as we say in English. So all good. Also, as we mentioned last week, we will launch a short episode that describes more details about how I work and what I offer in my travel planning services. The only hiccup is that we have a lot going on right now, personally, on top of work, but we will try to get to it as soon as possible. And right before I came up here, I did get an email tonight from a woman asking, by the way, I listen to you every week. I can't wait for Wednesdays. Thank you so much, et cetera. But by the way, when will that episode about your travel planning services be up? So we will try to get to it as soon as possible. I might have promised something too soon, but we'll do our best. Before we start and dive back into Firenze, Tommaso and I would like to thank every single person that did indeed follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, and subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you do listen to it. It just helps in general down the road. So, grazie mille. Yeah, I mean, we're sitting here in this little island reaching the world and you just really, every time you find another bump in followers somewhere, you just feel good that people are responding. Correct. So, thank you. Or grazie mille. Bravo. (laughs) Allora, back to Firenze to carry on with our time there. And in case you're just tuning in or to remind you we were a group of five Tommaso, myself oleandra beppe and kate oleandra and beppe were old friends we were escorting for a week or so and kate flew in from england for this party that we will talk about in next week's episode so we left you last week after our perfect lunch in santo spirito piazza santo spirito at Osteria Santo Spirito. And then I suggested to the gang that I would love to show them the city from Piazzale Michelangelo. And keep in mind, Kate 
and Beppe had never been to Firenze. And for those of you that don't know what Piazza Michelangelo is, it is a piazza on the top of the hill on the south side of the Arno River. It was built in the mid-1800s with the goal of having a museum dedicated completely to Michelangelo. The museum never happened, but the main draw, besides the view of the city with its terracotta tiled rooftops, is a bronze copy of Michelangelo's Davide, the David. Even you know that, right? See, See, Tommaso? Davide. Being the tour guide that I am, which is just a joke, I am not an official tour guide by any means. Group four, group four, (laughs) this way. However, I'm being a bit... Self-deprecating. Correct. Thank you very much for throwing that in there because how I actually got us there is pretty funny considering I'm the, you know, (laughs) the the, um, most um, experienced of this group of five. I just want to say one thing. What? Holy quadriceps, Batman. That's all. You'll you'll understand that in a few yeah, minutes. That will make sense. It'll okay. Make sense. Very funny. Kudos on you. All right. So keep in mind, it was still very warm, and this particular day did not have a cloud in the sky. Again, that always makes for great photos, but that also means no shade anywhere. So when we left Piazza Santo Spirito, I walked everyone along the north side of the PT Palace and past parts of the sprawling Bobili Gardens. And then I got us deliberately onto Via di Belvedere. And Belvedere, just so you know, means a pretty view or a beautiful sight. And so from Via Belvedere, that leads to Torre di Belvedere. And when I say leads to, that means, as Tommaso just, you know, um, mentioned... It means very straight uphill. A Torre di Quadricep. Stress the calf. It was a very, very steep incline on stone steps in the blistering, blasting sun. The Torre di Belvedere and the Fortezza, the entire fort, And all the stone walls we passed were all built in the late 1500s to protect the center of government and the Medici family, whom ordered it to be built. So as we walked up this steep hill, you know, everybody's starting to uh, get a little little (laughs) sweaty and wet. And keep in mind, at our awesome lunch, we had one heavy dish of gnocchi that was Da morire, delicious. A couple Aperol spritzes, beer, whatever. And then we're going straight uphill in like 100 degrees, blasting sun. And so we keep going and going. And then the road, this via Belvedere, became more and more narrow. So we all just assumed, oh, it's just for pedestrians. So we spread out, you know, like the mod squad <laughs> walking. The mod squad. <laughs> Link. Link, Julie, and Peter. So... <laughs> We are dating. We are dating ourselves. Not many people will know what that means. But anyway, there's a funny reference. So we kind of just spread out walking down this Via di Belvedere. And then all of a sudden, like a random car, a local was going home. 
either up or down the road. So then we had to like literally sprawl ourselves against these stone walls from the 1500s and they were hot and the road was narrow and the car was zipping by. We're like, okay, so wonder why we don't see any other tourists doing, (laughs) taking this route, I should say. Let's put it this way. The road to the Piazzale wasn't crowded because all the other tourists walking along the river the other way. The normal way. The normal way. <clears throat> they actually had a guide. <laughs> group number six this way. They, I wish I was with group number six that day. Oh, no, you don't. Because everyone else missed the fact that we were walking along one of the oldest fortresses and stone walls in the city that was commissioned by the Medici. Okay? Okay, yeah, sure. All right. Anyway, the other way is definitely easier, <laughs> but we have a better story. And we worked off our gnocchi and Aperol spritzes, etc. When we finally made it to the top, this is the sad part to me. I was instantly like just surprised and or to be honest, depressed because I had no idea how much this piazzale had changed in the years since I was last there. And well, last time I was there with you also. I have been there since, but let's think about the time. With who? A, a, a gentleman named Giovanni. <laughs> oh, was that Michele? <laughs> or Stefano? <laughs> I can't remember. Anyway, I have been there since, Tommaso. Regardless, do you remember from 25 years ago, maybe? Yeah, could be. Yeah. Anyway, it no longer had any grass or trees or shade to hang out under. It was just, or is, I should say, it's an entirely paved over piazza. And in the back, behind Michelangelo's replica of Davide, are about 100 parking spaces for cars and an area for tour buses to let off groups of people. So Davide was standing there alone in the middle of this piazza, surrounded by pavement, cars and buses behind him. And then in between him and the balcony area where you look out to the view were, I counted on Google Earth, satellite version, like 12 to 15 vendor carts that sold ticky tacky little and or water, cold drinks, etc. But just touristy this is this is not a knock this is just reality and we happen to experience it at a different time and particularly you did exactly and now things have changed everything's changed the world has changed and unfortunately right now again if you go there at a non uh high point it's going to be a little bit different a a non-busy time well we were there this is like the 11th of october yeah, I'm it, talking about January 11th till March 4th. <laughs> it's still going to be covered in pavement, but you are correct. Times change due to tourism. It's as simple as that. However, full disclosure, I was so hot and thirsty when we got up there. And after I got over my annoyance and frustration of, oh, so different, I bought a few bottles of water and chugged them back instantly but as i was drinking them i looked at the touristy stuff they were selling and there was this bag like a cloth or muslin type bag that you would take to a grocery store 
on it was a copy of Michelangelo's painting from the very top center of the Sistine Chapel where the hand of God is reaching out to the hand of Adam. It's technically called the creation of Adam, creation of man. But the difference is, instead of them just starting to touch those few inches apart, they each have an Aperol spritz (laughs) in their hand. And then I saw this sign for five euro. I'm like, I'll take one. It's like the best five euros I've ever spent. And I stretched it. I am not using it as a bag to take at the grocery store because I stretched it on this little wooden frame and it's in my office and I was looking at it smiling earlier today when I wrote this episode. So best five euros, seriously. All right. The other thing I would like to say briefly about Piazzale Michelangelo is that in the last few years, it has maybe like post-COVID, it has become a fun spot at sunset where groups of people just spontaneously turn it into like a mini dance party. (laughs) No, it's more Italian, like old school, you know, not like... We don't need the musical sound effects. Sorry. I'm trying need something to, to do over here. <laughs> I'm trying to describe that it does have this like party vibe now. The view is still beautiful. The sunset's beautiful. And I think it's that's the benefit. The the appearance is different. It's not the same. It's they, still a magical view. It exactly. And that's the bottom line. You got you got sort of Get up there and zone out and look out and just... Which is actually what we did do. Yes. But I have recommended to a lot of my clients who are a little on the younger side, go up to Piazzale Michelangelo if you want. And some of them did. And they said, yeah, all of a sudden people just like start this massive dance party and it was fun. There's no alcohol. There's no drinking. It was just like, you know, something different. I would say also, here's a suggestion. Um, Once you walk up there and it's warm and you're drinking water, you may have to use the facility. I would have a Euro 50 and change in my pocket. Oh, good point. (laughs) Which is what you needed. Which is what you need uh, (laughs) to use the um, loo. Il bagno. uh, Il bagno. And it's not very big and it's a little bit farther away than one would like. So don't wait till the last minute. Speaking from experience. Certo. <laughs> All right. So when we finally left there, we walked down the curvy sidewalk as in the normal entry and exit, which ends at Porto San Nicolo. And this porta, you can't miss it, is one of the original stone gates from the 1300s. And as we walk down, remember, we're curving and going around and around and there's these kind of like wild gardens and stonework built into these stone ramps and along the way you see like original fountains Mm -hmm. and all these designs made from various colored stones within the stone walls depicting whatever story it was beautiful in a simple way that wasn't perfectly pristine and landscaped and all of us noticed it correct yes. you remember that yes it was very beautiful 
And then when we finally got to the end, walked through Porta San Nicolo, and this is again still on the Otrano side of the river, we all collectively chose to stay on this side of the river because, again, it was a crowded, hot and sunny day. And we took the Lungarno, which that word, Lungarno, like Arno River, and that simply means the walkway along the river. They do refer to the Lungarni, which means the multiple walkways on either side of the river. So we stayed on the Otrano side of the river. We walked the entire way. Again, beautiful weather, hot, but didn't matter. Stunning blue sky. And the riverbed below the Lungarno we were walking on also had all these kind of wild growing, free flowing, organic, native plants growing. You could tell. With a lot of paths cut through them. Exactly. So you could tell that it was designed, but it wasn't a landscaping like we're used to in the United States. And we all noticed it and talked about it and and agreed that it looked so inviting and so attractive. And keep in mind, Kate from England was with us and she is from the land of ultimate gardeners. But the British gardens are always less organized than what we're used to here. We finished our walk on this Lungarno, which ended with us looking over across to the south side of the Uffizi, and then that stunning colonnade on that north side of the river, right before the Ponte Vecchio, with all those arcades. There's like 16 arches in that colonnade from the side of the river we were looking at, and it was absolutely stunning. Do you recall? Yes, I do. Yes. I have a lot of pictures. Yes. All right. So <laughs> then. Did. Yeah, I do. You didn't run out of film. No. You always say that. <laughs> it's getting old. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. How, how much longer we'll let you say that. Okay. So anyway, we all regrouped at the Palazzo and I don't know. Do you think we had a glass of wine? Yes, I think we did. Most likely. And we had dinner reservations that night that were made for the sole purpose of letting everyone, with the exception of myself, experience Bisteca Fiorentina for their first time. And I was just looking at the photos I took, two quick ones, because I really do not like to be that tourist taking photos in a restaurant, especially one as storied as this institution we were in. So, the one or two photos that I have, the size of those steaks were massive. They were they were absolutely massive. I mean, Kate and I shared one, and it was a smaller version of the one that uh, Alejandro and Beppe had. When it first came out, when they came out to show you, because they show you the steak, because it's 50-something euros. Prior to cooking it. Prior to cooking it, to make sure you know you like the look of it and everything. And... I looked at the one that Alejandro and Beppe were going to get, and I was like, oh, my God. It'd be like the crew of a maxi boat, you know? I mean, it was huge. And they sort of thought about it, and then they called him back and said, can we see a little smaller one? (laughs) And they did. And there's nothing. It is cooked over coals. There's no steak sauce. There's no, what's the great place in New York? Um, Peter Luger's. There's no Peter Luger's 
steak sauce. There's no A1 steak sauce. It is cut, and they don't ask you, how do you want this? Medium rare, rare? They cook it the way they know how to cook it. If you don't like it, too bad. You ordered it, you're going to pay for it. But it was absolutely mouth-watering, and Kay and I shared one, which was really nice, and and Beppe and Oleandra had theirs, and it was great. And, you know, at the end of it, I kept looking at the bone and cutting another little piece off and another little piece. It was just, it was perfect. And oddly enough, last night, what did we do? We watched... The Chef's Table. The Chef's Table. A documentary on... Tuscan beef yes. and butchering. I had to leave. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I couldn't watch them majority of it i was drooling but that's okay (laughs) i went and did the dishes for like an hour however what i will say about their presentation and i remember it from my photos they served everyone's steak on these round and very well used wooden platters cutting boards yeah cutting board but they have a little edge to them so that they right 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 then also, like the steak knives, you just cut through that like it was butter. Oh, it was sharp. Butter. It was sharp. It was really impressive. I and, mean, they know the what steak, they're doing. And the steak was beautiful. Okay. Well, um, let me add that my order of the only non-meat options on the menu was sautéed chicory and beans. And let's just say we didn't go there for vegetables, pumpkin. <laughs> no. I will just simply summarize that it wasn't the best meal I've ever had, but the wine was delicioso. And I was happy to see you guys so happy. Yeah. All right. But first, I just, before we move on, I want to paint the picture of the decor, the interior of this restaurant. Old school style with wood paneling on the bottom half of the walls and the top half were white with wood frames photos and paintings basically everywhere wood chairs with those like rattan or cane type seats plain gold tablecloths i was remembering all this from my photos and then the waiters all men of course had on white shirts with a black tie black pants and a maroon colored finely pressed apron like old school professional style. However, here's the however. Everything about this place was so awesome, including this, which we normally totally don't care for. There were both wall sconces and overhead chandeliers. All these lights, the same fixtures, the same glass, you know, kind of like um, smoky bulbs. Frosted. Frosted. Thank you very much. And all of these lights everywhere were fired up full capacity all the way the dimmer there was no dimmer <laughs> there it was is like, no dimmer it was like whoa <laughs> blindingly bright but that is the old school italian style that some classic restaurants just stick with and so we got over it within seconds of sitting there after we laughed about it and then you had that amazing I was meal. way over it when the steak arrived. Right. Way over it. So after the meal, we decided we needed another long walk to combat that meat bomb they all ate. Or meat bomb slash food coma. Exactly. 
So we walked back up and around the Duomo and then back down to Piazza della Signoria. And for the first time in two days that we had done all these walks during the day, we finally found ourselves in Piazza della Signoria empty. No tourists. The random few people, like four or six people, who were probably also walking off their bistec of Fiorentina. So I was busy taking photos of the Fontana del Netuno, which just translates to the Fountain of Neptune, because I could see it. There were no people, and it was lit at night, and this sculpture is unbelievable. It was commissioned by Cosimo di Medici in 1559, and it's just one of many sculptures and many, many other architectural monuments that Cosimo, he was the first Cosimo, commissioned during his reign as the Duke of Florence, which lasted from 1537 to 1574. So imagine how many significant artworks were commissioned during all that time. And this particular sculpture he commissioned was twofold to celebrate Cosimo's gift of clean water to the city of Firenze and the marriage of, you know, some random uh, Medici relative. So this fountain, just a brief history, because for any of you that do go to Florence, even though it's crowded, if you're there in the middle of the day, you cannot miss this fountain. But if you have the time, just be patient and wait and get up front and close and look at it or go at night as we did, because this fountain is amazing. It was designed by a man named Baccio Bandinelli. What a name, right? <laughs> Tommaso knows what Baccio means. Yes. Baccio means kiss. Yes. His name, his first name, though, was spelled with two C's instead of one C, Baccio the kiss. Regardless, it still sounds like a kiss. But Bacho died before it was begun, so Cosimo chose one of Bacho's students named Bartolomeo Amanati. However, Bartolomeo Amanati, that's another awesome name. Oh, tongue twister. <laughs> There's a lot of vowels and consonants I in know, there. <laughs> that's longer than your name. <laughs> kind of by far. Anyway, he had to have the help of many other artists considering this sculpture is so involved. It has marble horses half immersed in the water, bronze satyrs and dolphins surrounding Neptune himself. And all of this is on top of a very large and impressive marble base that's in this like rectangular shape, but it has these smooth curved edges. So most people look at all the sculptures and everything, but then when you look down, if you can see it, like at night when no one's there, like this marble base, kind of two levels, that has water running over it all the time, is beautiful. It's like this maroon and white colored streak. It's amazing. So can I interject here for one second? Sure. You just highlighted one thing. If you're in Florence, and Florence, as we all know, it's the greatest hits, Rome, Venice, and Florence. It's going to be, particularly next summer, it's going to be crowded again. It's going to be hot. Go take a nap. Have a nice exactly. big lunch. Have a couple of Aperol spritzes, a couple of glasses of wine, and then go take a big nap. 
and, and walk then, around it. And then go walk around at night when all the yo-yos are back in bed. Yeah, I think we suggested this before. Well, but you gotta certainly, re- you've got to reiterate. Certainly worth mentioning. Again, brilliant idea. And uh, before I came up to do this episode, I was zooming in on the photos I took of this fountain because I was completely enthralled and so happy to see it alone well, with no tourists. So I was zooming in to all the satyrs, and to be honest, it's hard to see their tails. And for those of you that don't remember or do not know what a satyr is, they are Greek mythological creatures who look mostly like a man. But then when you zoom in, they have ears and the tail of a horse. Now, I grew up with horses, so I was zooming, zooming in to these these photos of the satyrs. I'm like, that's not a horse's ear, but whatever. And then I couldn't find the tail. So I was kind of doubting everything. So I Googled everything about this sculpture. And indeed, they are satyrs, according to legend. And satyrs, by the way, were described as rowdy types that were a bit wild and civilized and inebriated most of the time. Sounds like a lot of my friends from Salem. (laughs) Particularly, oh my God. particularly a while ago, <laughs> not many, anymore. It's many become years too, ago, become too professional. But before <laughs> the early days of sailing. Oh, if you only knew to call them satyrs then. All right. So, due to all the detail I just described about this incredible sculpture fountain, it took 14 years to complete, and truly, it's worth your time. So, like Tommaso just mentioned, go late at night. And the plus side is that it was fully restored in 2019. So that's why I think I was so enthralled. I hadn't seen it in such good condition. So after my photo taking and whatnot, I caught up with everyone else and I pointed out while we were still in Piazza della Signoria, and I pointed out to everyone the massive wooden doors on Palazzo Ugocioni. And that is this old building across from kind of like the backside of Palazzo Vecchio. So while we were all looking at it, we saw, because it was late, maybe 11 p.m. or so, we saw the big one side of the big massive door open. And then the people that opened it were just kind of standing there for a bit. And eventually we figured out, oh, like they're saying goodbye to one person and he's walking in and the other two or three people are walking back out into the piazza. Remember in our last episode when we told you how we ran into our friend's daughter, Grace, in the middle of the same Piazza della Signoria, the previous day, in the middle of the day, crowded as could be, a gazillion people, and we had one of those one-in-a-million type encounters. One of those. Right. The world is a medium-sized cocktail party encounters. So that was the day before. Then fast forward to the next evening, we're all standing there. We see this group of people come and go. The door starts closing, but right before it closed, we I kind could of, see the I could see the shapes. I could see the height. I knew exactly who it was. And who was it? It was Frank and Antoine. And I've seen who Frank is the gentleman I've sailed with since 1996, on and off on a couple different boats, and his son, who. Is Grace's sister that Grace, we saw the day before. No, it's Grace's brother, not his oh, sister. excuse me. He hasn't shifted. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Anyway, we saw them and you recognized them. I was like, what? Oh my God. So I, I don't know why I did it, but I ran forward in the dark, kept going right at him until Antoine saw me and it took a second. And then he was like, same response as his sister the day before. What the hell? Oh my God. Big hugs all around. And there you have it. Let me interrupt for a second and tie in Antoine. I've known Antoine since he was about 13. 12 or 13. I... He had another friend named Hastings. Oh, right. And like all 12 or 13-year-olds, they run a little pack. Correct. And they are equally obnoxious. <laughs> and we would come in from a, a day of racing or a practice day. They wouldn't be sailing with us, but they'd be around. They'd show up at the dock. And they'd be completely, completely obnoxious. Now, one thing back in the day that sailboats had a lot of was duct tape. And they got very obnoxious one day. And we took Antoine down below, several of us. And the mast comes through the deck to the cabin sole. And it's braced at the get against cabin the hull. Cabin floor. Cabin floor, the cabin sole. And we duct taped him to the mast. Along with his friend Hastings? I believe so, yes. I mean, we wrapped him, <laughs> wrapped him, wrapped him like two rolls of duct tape. It wasn't pleasant for them, I'm sure, but we just got tired of it. So I've known them for that long, and it well, was really nice to see him. Well, well, you've seen him a gazillion times since. Yes, you I have. him to the mat. Yes. But I will say, he is so fun, outgoing, and such a good-looking young man now. So luckily, your antics of duct-taping him to the mast, he has not um, you know, held that against you. So Antoine was with a friend from the United States who had never been to Florence before. So we all just spontaneously decided to go have a cocktail. And Antoine said, I know because obviously his parents, you know, have had an apartment in Firenze for many, many years. So he said, I know this like cool little hood on the other side of the river where there won't be any tourists. So let's just go. So we walk over the river. We end up at this little teeny triangular shaped hipster piazza with a cool little bar. And funny enough, it was exactly behind the palazzo where we were staying. And we had been going to that little coffee bar every morning for we were, cappuccino. We were, we were hooked in. We were like locals, dude. Like Antoine, <laughs> this is no news to us. But I just want to say one thing. Uh, here's a, a travel tip and somewhat of a safety tip. Crossing the Ponte Vecchio, there was a band playing there that night, and there were a lot of people. And when you walked around the audience, let's just say on the western side of the Ponte Vecchio was the band, and in the middle was a bunch of people, and the band was very uh, boisterous. And was, lively. Lively and good. And to the left, as I walked around, I sensed four or five people standing there looking around for an opportunity. Now, I don't know if that opportunity was a pickpocket or to grab a bag or something, but just be aware that sometimes in those crowds late at night, there are people looking for opportunities. Let's just say I shifted my wallet that evening. Okay. I didn't notice, but I'm glad you did. Regardless, we had a round of Aperol spritzes and hung out with, as he promised, just local Italians. And it was just the picture perfect evening and on top of everything, it was finally not hot, right? <laughs> so 
Also, Antoine's friend, who I'm forgetting his name right now, he was so funny, so hysterical, excellent sense of humor, and completely in love. He fell in love every time an Italian woman walked by. He was like, I've got to go. Not hard to do. (laughs) Exactly. It was so fantastic. And while we were like watching his friend fall in love with all these women, Alejandra, our friend, snuck back inside to the bar and treated us to another round, which prolonged the evening, but in the best way possible. It was one of those moments. It was fantastic. And I think we should end here. We're rambling on and we'll finish up next week with our stay in Firenze with the amazing day we had with Antoine and Gracie's mother's show at Palazzo Vecchio and one of the most beautiful dinners we've ever had. So, grazie mille tutti. Sorry we blabbed on a long while. It was a day for blabbing. Okay. Okay. Ciao, ciao. ciao. Ooh, jinx. Ciao, ciao. (laughs) 